I'd like to introduce our platform speaker today. Well known to all of you, Peggy Gates, our former Sunday School director, is now on the staff of the of CISPIS, the uh, national staff of CISPIS. Thank you, Peggy. Good morning. It's such a pleasure to be in this, among this warmth on this cold winter day. Our theme this month is vision. And I'm wondering, what was your vision this morning? Was it eggs and toast or oatmeal and raisins? Mine was a yogurt shake. Most things begin with a vision, a vivid, imaginative concept of something not yet realized. Yes, a vision can result in a delicious breakfast. However, a prophetic vision changes the world. The change the world kind of vision starts like a seed, growing, developing, coming to fruition. The first ethical society began as a seed, a vision in the mind's eye of its founder, Felix Adler. While teaching religious history and literature at Cornell, recognizing that most faiths are based upon ethical principles, Adler had a prophetic vision. He envisioned a modern religion, one without creed or dogma or the promise of heaven, a new religion based instead upon ethical relationships, focused on this life. Its purpose? Developing the habits of ethical living to improve social conditions and create a more just and humane world. So just pause for a moment to consider the context. Adler, in the 1870s, imagined a modern, non-theistic religious society, and this was just a decade after Lee and Grant met in Appomattox to end the Civil War. Think about the danger of such a vision. Adler persevered. His vision became a reality in 1876 with the founding of the New York Society for Ethical Culture. And it came to fruition as society mem members engaged in ethical living, changing the world as they led the movement to end child labor and establish the first settlement houses and free kindergartens. This society, the Washington Society, was founded in 1944 when life in Washington, D.C. followed the Jim Crow laws of the day. We, too, have a long history of social justice activism spanning civil rights, gay rights, and Black Lives Matter. 
Part of that long legacy of activism also includes our engagement in the struggle for social justice in El Salvador. Going back to the 1970s, when the turmoil there was front page news on a regular basis. For over a century, El Salvador was run by a handful, literally a handful of wealthy families backed by a military government. Whenever farmers and workers attempted to organize for land reform or better wages, they were met with increasing brutality and repression. It all came to a boiling point in the 1970s when thousands were routinely being tortured and disappeared. A civil war fueled with US support erupted in 1980. Inspired by the visionary courage of those fighting against the repression and outraged that US dollars were used to train and arm the Salvadoran military and its death squads, West joined a network of congregations and communities providing sanctuary and safety to fleeing refugees. When the war ended in 1992, our involvement faded for a time. Then in the late 1990s, when El Salvador was still rebuilding from the devastation of a prolonged war, Wes rekindled its activism with annual delegations and community development projects. In 2010, Wes established a partnership, a sister community relationship with a tiny little village of El Rodeo. It began as a vision, a vision of solidarity, a relationship based upon mutuality through which we would learn and work together, eye to eye, shoulder to shoulder, heart to heart. A committed relationship with solidarity as the glue binding us together as one. The seeds of our vision have grown as we've accompanied El Rodeo in pursuing their dream, their vision, which was simply to pipe clean, potable water to every household in their community. Wes has been a generous and essential partner. You have improved the health of the community by purchasing water filters for every home ensuring the availability of clean water until the water project is complete. You funded the community's purchase of the spring, the source of water needed to feed the water system. It is said that love is the verb of solidarity. Over the years, those who have had the privilege to travel to El Rodeo have grown to love and respect its people, welcoming new babies into the world, watching children grow into teens, teens grow into young adults, community members, 
into community leaders. And by living in their homes, we've witnessed the strength and courage of men and women dedicated to improving their community. We've seen people working for the common good in addition to their jobs and the daily work of life in rural El Salvador, which also involves hauling water, tending fields, and gathering firewood. Here at WES, we often talk about ethical heroes, people who act on behalf of others, sometimes at their own risk. In El Salvador, there is no greater ethical hero than Monsignor Romero. His image and words are everywhere. Romero was chosen as the Archbishop in 1977 during a time of increasing unrest. A conservative, he was regarded by the church as a safe choice to uphold the status quo. Within weeks of his appointment, Romero's dear friend, Father Rutilio Grande, was murdered for his activism, his support of organizing campesinos. Traveling to Rutilio's funeral, Romero left the insular walls of the church and saw the death and destruction, the impact of violence and repression. Romero woke up. Choosing humanity over church doctrine, he began using his homilies and weekly radio broadcast to tell people's stories and to denounce the government's use of violence against the people. After appealing directly to the soldiers to stop the repression, he too was murdered, shot in the heart. Today, Romero continues to inspire even the children born decades after his death. Adler, Romero, our friends in El Rodeo, they are all ethical heroes, each with a vision of a more just and humane world, each with the strength, courage, and commitment to face the dangers implicit in changing the world. Today, we will introduce you to a few of our friends in El Rodeo, our ethical heroes, who tend the seeds of their community's vision. But in addition to introducing and acknowledging our friends in El Rodeo, we'd also like to acknowledge you for the importance of your support and solidarity with our sister community. So please play along with me. So I'm going to ask you to stand up and stay standing if you've gone on a delegation to El Rodeo or anywhere in El Salvador. Go ahead, stand up. So stand up if you plan to go on a delegation in the future. Come on. Dream big. Be bold. 
<clears throat> Stand up if you've supported a delegate or a midwife delegation. Contributed to the water filter campaign. Contributed to the purchase of the spring for the water project. Contributed supplies, books, school supplies, glasses, anything. We want to acknowledge and thank you. And you can sit down. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity and your support. Truly, it means so much, more than I can ever say, from our friends in El, in El Rodeo. So now it is my great pleasure to introduce youth delegate Russell Corbin. Déjame pintarte una imagen. Imagina un pueblo bonito en las colinas verdes que se continúan para siempre. Con caminos por el bosque, hay vistas maravillosas del valle y árboles cariñosos siguiendo muy alto arriba. El vistazo ocasional de ontólogos. No hay acercas ni calles grandes impidiendo en la conexión a la naturaleza. Pero sobre todo, las personas más cariñosas y fuertes de todo el mundo. Este es el rodeo. Let me paint a picture for you. Imagine a beautiful village nestled in endless rolling green hills with footpaths through the woods, stunning views of the valley and comforting trees standing tall above, the occasional sighting of a magnificent torgos, a native bird. No sidewalks or big roads competing with the connection to nature, but above all, imagine the most kind and strong people in the world. This is El Rodeo. Hi everyone, I'm Russell Corbin. I'm a sophomore at Richard Montgomery High School in Rockville, and last summer I had the great pleasure of traveling with the West delegation to our sister community of El Rodeo. Now I want to share that experience with you because it was without a doubt an incredible experience. Back in 2009, when I was eight, I began writing to a pen pal in El Rodeo through Wes. Her name is Aneda Ramos. It was really nice to communicate with someone in the community directly at such a young age. We shared bits of our lives and found things we had in common. We talked about school, but I also heard about her family traditions and celebrations. Of course, when I went to the community, I met her. And although, okay, it was a bit awkward at first, it was good to put a face to the friend I had made over so many years. Even though I had heard some things about her life and the community through the letters, it did not prepare me fully for all the wonders I discovered while visiting there. I think it's hard for people to imagine El Rodeo, the people, the paths, the homes, even after hearing many of these very previous platforms about our sister community, I still did not fully grasp what I would see. For one to truly understand the hardships our friends in El Rodeo face and the heroism they demonstrate every day, one has to be there and live with them. Fortunately for me, on our first day, I had the opportunity to walk around the whole community and visit every family. 
Lola, Karen, and I were Team Lentes, and our mission was to visit every family offering reading glasses to those who needed them. Besides the joy of experiencing our friends see well for the first time, I got to take in the lay of the land. And by meeting and conversing with so many people in the community and seeing all of their homes, I began to get a real appreciation for who they are and how they live. Before going to El Rodeo, we spent several days in San Salvador planning our week in the community and learning about social, social activism and the history of El Salvador. As tourists, we visited several sites of historical importance to the country. And probably the most special part of the trip for me was when we took some members of the community to visit the capital. It was amazing to share with many of them their experience of going to the big city for the first time. One of the sites we visited at the beginning of the trip that we returned to at the end of the week with the community was the church where Monsignor Romero was murdered. Here's the community with us inside the church. Although it was really powerful to see this site as a tourist, I cannot tell you how humbling it was to be in the chapel with the community where their idol was assassinated. During this field trip, we also heard harrowing tales of the guerrillas and refugees during the Civil War at the Wall of Remembrance that lists the names of 30,000 of the people who died during the war. In this picture, you see Apollonio, one of our friends from the community, telling us his story of how he fled during the massacres. It was truly incredible spending so much time with them, getting to know them, having fun with them while they told us their stories. And we learned from a primary source about their history. Speaking about me personally, I was in a Spanish immersion program for uh, nine years before high school. Being in El Salvador for me was, tr was great to be truly immersed in the language. I was often asked to translate conversations for others individually or in group meetings. Here you can see uh, we were at Radio Victoria and we had the opportunity to be on the radio. Being able to communicate with our, friend, with our friends in the community directly uh, really helped me connect with them. And of course my Spanish improved as well. There's so many stunning takeaways I have from my trip to El Salvador, and I really only scratched the surface here. But I guess I'll leave you with this. If you like being in nature like me, you would love showering in the stream with a trickle of water coming out of a pipe, even if to get there you had to hike 20 minutes down a steep hill as a storm was approaching. No, but I am serious. All hassle aside, I really did love bathing in the Choro. I try to remember this every time I get in my nice tiled shower at home where I can stand under the hot water for as long as I want. But I'd like to think my showers have gotten a bit shorter since I've been back, and I definitely know I appreciate them more. Through the relationships we make with the incredible people of El Rodeo, we can grow as a community and individually. I thoroughly enjoyed being a part of the delegation and will definitely continue my participation with them to further our relationships. For you to continue your relationship with our sister community of El Rodeo, we'll now hear messages from the heroes in the community addressed directly to the West community. Now, that was a lot of communities, but that's because community is so important to our relationship with El Rodeo. Thank you. Maricela Ramos was born in the Mesa Grande refugee camp 
where 11,000 Salvadorans lived after fleeing their homes due to army attacks and massacres. In 1992, when the Civil War ended, her family moved back to El Rodeo. She studied in high school and then began working at Radio Victoria in education production spots. In 2009, Radio Victoria began to denounce the murders of anti-gold mining activists in the area and began receiving death threats. In 2011, Maraxella took over the news team coordination position. Every press release the station issued bore her name. She was the main speaker at press conferences and began receiving credible death threats. The emails and others received were signed extermination group. One me message gave her a deadline of May 3rd, 2011, saying they would come for her and her daughter. Shortly after that, Marixella and her daughter went to Ecuador for several months for safety. I had to decide, she said, if I wanted to keep being a radio reporter. Today, Marixella continues to work with Radio Victoria, a news team, and is studying journalism full-time in San Salvador, as well as raising her beautiful young daughter, Isel. Elvis Zavala. As a baby, Elvis had to flee his family home and grew up in a war refugee camp in Honduras. Oh, I'm sorry. Bueno, primeramente quiero saludar a Wes, este, especialmente de acá del de Salvador. Y pues para mí, como habitante de la comunidad del Rodeo, el hermanamiento de, de Wes y la ADESCO y la comunidad, primeramente simboliza la solidaridad que tiene, eh, en otras palabras, el llamado hermanamiento. Y lo que ha traído ha sido pues, acercarse de alguna manera una organización como Wes eh, de los Estados Unidos, acercarse a la realidad que vive esta comunidad, eh, que está en el campo, una comunidad campesina que tiene diferentes problemáticas y significa también una posibilidad, una posibilidad de poder ayudarse, de poder tenderse la mano, en, tal vez en, no en eh, solucionar problemas ¿verdad? de la noche a la mañana, pero sí quizás trabajar ideas en conjunto para poder llegar a, a, a un logro Podemos hablar precisamente de lo que ahorita mismo se está trabajando, que es el tema de, de gestionar el proyecto de agua potable en la comunidad. Entonces, para mí significa una oportunidad, una posibilidad y poner en práctica el término solidaridad. Elvis Zavala. As a baby, Elvis had to flee his family home and grew up in a war refugee camp in Honduras. He has worked in Radio Victoria for 19 years, beginning when he was 16 years old. He has been a news reporter, on-air announcer, and educational production coordinator. He learned how to work on a computer and manage audio editing programs. Today, he is in charge of the radio's production team and chairs the radio's coordination team. Elvis has a love and broad knowledge of nature and works with his family to grow the beans and corn that sustain them. Elvis has been president of the Community Development Association for two consecutive periods and leads the water team for El Rodeo. He is raising his seven-year-old daughter with his partner, Marixella. Bueno, para nosotros como comunidad del Rodeo, el tener un hermanamiento con la comunidad de West ha sido muy valioso, muy significativo, ya que 
con su visita también han impulsado ideas, sueños que la comunidad ha tenido y en lo concreto el proyecto de agua. Siento que es un sueño que hemos tenido desde hace muchísimo tiempo y que con la ayuda, con el aporte, con las ideas, con los recursos que Güez ha logrado conseguir, hemos ido encaminando este proyecto. Eh, ya hemos dado pasos significativos, muy significativos, en la lucha, en el esfuerzo por conseguir este, este proyecto, que es un sueño para la comunidad, ya que, como ustedes se han podido dar cuenta, la comunidad no cuenta con un sistema de agua potable y ni tampoco con una fuente propia. Ya estamos a pocos pasos de dar inicio con la primera etapa del proyecto y eso es muy importante para la comunidad. Y claro, se lo debemos también al esfuerzo, al acompañamiento que ustedes como UES nos han dado a la comunidad en el tema del agua, en diferentes temas como la clínica dental, la parte de la bibliotequita, los filtrones, que han sido de, muy, de mucha ayuda para la comunidad. Y igual, como presidente de la DESCO, darle las gracias a ustedes por estar año con año visitando la comunidad, conociendo y echándole el hombro a proyectitos de la comunidad que de una u otra forma son muy importantes para nosotros. Así que muchísimas gracias y un saludo para todos ustedes desde aquí de la comunidad del Rodeo. Ingris Ramos was born in the Mesa Grande refugee camp in Honduras after her family fled the scorched earth campaign in the area of El Rodeo. She is the daughter of Esperanza and Carlos, both of whom were active in the FMLN resistance during the Civil War. Ingris worked diligently to complete a degree in early education, traveling by bus at 4 a.m. and returning at 8 p.m. on school days at the Lutheran University in San Salvador. In 2016, she graduated first in her class. Although she hopes someday to find employment as a teacher, she currently uses her skills to help the children in her community by volunteering her time, managing the little library, and other educational activities. She's a member of the ADESCO, the community council, and is interested in learning more about employment opportunities for women in her community. Ingris has a quiet and gentle nature that draws from a formidable inner strength, all of which can be seen in her beautiful eyes and smile. Nos ha venido a, a colaborar en diversos proyectos. Uno de ellos es la bibliotequita con la que contamos hoy en el rodeo, que sin ellos no hubiera sido posible. Decirles de que la biblioteca se abre los días miércoles de 2 de la tarde a 5 de la tarde. Los niños jóvenes y adultos llegan allí, agarran su libro de preferencia, se lo llevan para sus casas o si prefieren lo leen ahí. Y a mí me, me enorgullece bastante de que tengamos este hermanamiento con Güez y que sigamos ¿verdad? en la lucha y que gracias a ellos hemos podido obtener muchos proyectos y también agradecerles a las personas que año con año donan sus libros para, para nosotros, para la comunidad de Rodeo, para uso de los niños y niñas y jóvenes y adultos. Eh, es muy importante que, si, que sigamos con ayuda de Güez, ¿verdad? que con el apoyo de ellos podamos lograr más proyectitos a futuro, como este, y en nombre de la DESCO y de la comunidad de Rodeo, les damos las gracias por todo, y esperamos este, seguir, que ellos nos vengan a visitar siempre, y gracias por su colaboración y bendiciones. You can probably hear the roosters in the background. They're always there. César Gámez. 
Cesar is 24 years old and was born in 1992, the year the peace accords were signed, ending El Salvador's armed conflict. While he was a student, and still to this day, he cultivates the corn and beans for his family. Cesar is gender non-conforming, and his bright personality and kind heart have won the trust and love of his schoolmates. However, not without frequent threats from some in the surrounding community. Cesar works with the association COCOSI in the prevention program as an educator. His enthusiasm and natural creativity contributes to educating children, adolescents, and teens about reproductive and sexual health rights, non-binary gender, self-esteem, masculine gender, gender deconstruction, and more. When Cesar walks down our roads, the little children call out his names, wave to him, and tell their parents, that is Cesar, he is our teacher. Bueno, este, creo de que para la comunidad de, del rodeo, el hermanamiento de Wes es algo muy importante y necesario. ¿Por qué? Porque creo de que con el proyecto de la clínica odontológica que se les ofrece, es algo muy importante porque así se benefician niños, jóvenes, adultos, en fin, toda la comunidad. Cuestión de que antes no la tenían. Es un beneficio bastante bueno y sin temor a equivocarme, Es algo de primera calidad, por decirlo así. Son beneficios muy importantes y creo que el proyecto de, de, de ontología es un proyecto bastante grande y bastante bueno y positivo. Este, y en el ámbito personal creo de que para mí es un honor, es un placer estar trabajando año con año como asistente odontológico de, de Susan que de hecho a mí me llena mucho de, 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 de aprendizaje personal Y, ante, y además este beneficio a la misma a mi, a mi misma gente y la donación que se que se brinda a cada habitante no de los cepillos pastas y los dentales más este el, el revisado de, 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 de sus dientes y la aplicación de fluor y varnish creo de que es algo bastante grandioso que se ha logrado a través de este hermanamiento y ante todo agradecerles también por ese esfuerzo por ese este, hermanamiento que decidieron hacer con nosotros. Y ante todo es un honor, es un placer recibirles cada año. Y claro, por supuesto, agradecerle a Susan por brindarnos este espacio. Me siento muy orgulloso de trabajar año con año a la par de ella. Y ante todo, agradezco también a todo Wes, pero en especial a Susan, porque ella es la que año con año está chequeando los dientes de nuestra gente en la comunidad del rodeo. Um, I hate to tell you, besides the fact that all the, uh, some of the assistants are here, Cesar is the best dental assistant ever. <laughs> Finally, for our closing words, we will hear from Vitalina Morales. Vitalina lives in a tiny house at the end of a steep dirt path in El Rodeo. She is a farmer, the mother of five boys, and recently became president of ADIS, a local aid and development organization. Over the past eight years, Vitalina has traveled the world, speaking out against mining in El Salvador. She spoke here at WES in March of 2015. Recently, she, has asked, she was asked the following question. In a world as conflicted as ours today, tell us what gives you hope.
These are the words from Vita Lena, which I feel surely resonate with many of us today. I believe that the hope each human being has, from the individual to the collective, is the hope to feel alive, to feel that we can do something to transform this society. There is no doubt that we live in societal upheaval in a very troubled world, where there is so much power over people, over communities, and over countries. But we have hope, and I believe that is what moves us. That has us still standing up. If we had lost hope, we would be like the living dead. Nevertheless, we maintain our faith and hope, and we also maintain that desire, that life force, to continue and to advance. And in this world that we are living in, we continue believing in the hope to live and that a better world is possible. And we are de demonstrating that in the smallest things that we do. And, we are, and I believe that we in El Salvador have shown the whole world that we are capable of feeling hope and of feeling strength and of feeling the courage to fight and resist. There is a saying, it is worth more to die standing up or than fighting, standing up and fighting than to live on our knees begging. And this saying gives us strength. We feel the life force and we feel hope and we have energy. We believe in the solidarity of the people and we consider it is legitimate to defend what is ours. We defend life, we defend our human rights, and we defend our environment. That is our hope, and hope gives us strength and the desire to keep on struggling.